Welcome to the final week of Love, Life, and Relationships. I hope that you know that my heart for you in this series has been to see you know that God has divine, godly relationships waiting for you. If you're married, you're already in one. Maybe it's not the best, but guess what? It's a divine relationship. If you have parents, if you have children, maybe there's a friend out there that you know that that's a divine relationship. Listen, my heart for you is that you can grow in your relationships because God's got a heart for you in those relationships. He's created you and he's called you to be in relationship first with him, but he also has other people that he wants you to walk with. And and the fact of the matter is that godly relationships are designed by him to bring Bring out the best in us, to stand in the gap. Like we, he puts people in our lives that can stand in the gap for us. When there's a gap in our life of where we are and where we need to be, of, of what we want to, to see in our in our life practically and, and where we are, he brings people in divine godly relationships to stand in the gap for you. And he's called you in those divine and godly relationships to stand in the gap for someone else. That's what godly relationships are all about. He wants you to have them so they can bring out the best in you, so that you can stand in the gap for someone, so they can stand in the gap for you, and really so that you can be confronted with truth and you can confront others with truth and love. This is the foundation of all healthy relationships. This was really just a summation, this last minute or so, of the first week. The fact of the matter is that not every relationship is always hunky-dory, always at its best. That's why last week we talked about how to to fight fair, and you have to choose the prize that you're fighting for. Are you fighting to be right, or are you fighting for the relationship? Don't fight about the relationship, fight for it. Do you recognize some of your old coaches and your old moves? Maybe you're realizing, okay, maybe I learned some bad habits from, and then name the person. But I'm believing that God's going to do something in me so that I can change. And that begins the change in a relationship when you take ownership of what it is that God wants to do in you and and really just prepare for the fight. Because the truth of the matter is, is that in the relationship that you're in, even if it's great right now, it might get rocky at some point. Because the fact of the matter is you're either in the middle of a storm, you're just coming out of a storm, or you're going to be going into a storm. It's always that place. So knowing where to fight and how to fight and preparing for that is a big deal. So maybe you're at the place where you recognize, okay, I really want healthy, godly, divine relationships. How do I do that? Where do I begin? That's what this message today is all about. It's called a fresh start. The heart of the matter really is, do I understand God's heart for me and for relationships? If we go back all the way to Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, this is verse 3, then God said, let there be light, because God has a place of light for you. Verse 6, day 2, let there be a space between the waters, because God has a space for you in your relationships. There is a place, there is a space that he wants you to live in to have healthy and whole relationships. Genesis, this is the beginning, and the beginning for you is knowing that God is a God who speaks light into the darkness of your heart and soul, relationally. But every healthy, godly, divine relationship begins with you recognizing his light needs to guide your path 
in those relationships. And that just as he said, let there be a space, that he has a space and a place for you in godly relationship. And then then he says, you know, let there be life. He talks about creating life because God's heart for you is to have life. Jesus says in John 10, 10, he says, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. So you can be alive and not be full of life, but God's heart for you is to trust him in the space that he's creating for you relationally. Let his light guide you and live that full life that he's called you to. So how do we do that? Well, if we started in Genesis and this is God's heart for you, I really believe that we can go all the way to Revelation chapter 21 at the end of the Bible. I I really hope that you read everything in between because in it, it gives us life lessons. It gives us wisdom. It is the word of God to you. God will speak to you through this because it is his word that was delivered to us. It's full of life. It's full of light. Make space for that. So from Genesis, God's a God of light. He's making a space for you if you let him. You got you to step into it. He's a God of life. All the way at the end, we see in chapter 20, of Revelation. It's the final judgment. And then John, the Apostle John, is writing this book. It's a divine revelation. That's why it's called Revelation. He had a vision. And he says this in chapter 21, verse 1. He says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. The sea was gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He'll live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He'll wipe every tear from their eyes and there'll be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. How does that relate to relationship? (laughs) Honestly, pretty simply, just as John had a revelation of what was coming and it was good. My question to you, I have four of them today. Here's the first one. What do you see? What is God revealing to you about the future that he has for you and your relationship? And you may say, well, I'm I'm not the apostle John. I don't know. But this I do know. Jesus says that if you knock on the door, he's going to open it. If you ask him, he's going to answer. So are you asking him to show you? If you say, I don't know, I can't see anything for the relationships that I have. Ask him, "What do you, Lord, can you help me to see what you have for me? I know for Lisa and I, and I believe we shared this actually last week, that the word that God gave us at the beginning of our marriage is that our marriage would not simply survive, but it would thrive. So you know what I see? I see years and years, decades of marriage where we're growing closer together because we're growing closer together with him, with Christ that I want my marriage to be Christ-centered. I want to live selflessly. And just as Jesus laid down his life for his bride, I want to do that for my wife. And my wife feels the same way. What do I see? I see a healthy whole marriage that started out, you know, at the wedding. So much time and money and effort is spent on a, a wedding. And yet so many people fail to follow through and continue with that time, money, and effort because it's going to take it to have a healthy marriage. 
any healthy relationship, but just like planting an acorn in the ground, this little acorn. You know, we live in South Louisiana, and it's not uncommon to see three and four hundred year old oak trees, and they're beautiful. And if it's hot outside, you know that you can go stand in the shade of that oak tree, and it becomes a place of rest and a place of peace, a place where the weary can come and go, oh, this is great. That's what I see for my marriage. That's what I see for the godly relationships that I have with friends that I know, with my parents, with my, with my sister. That's what I see. My question to you is, what is God showing you? What do you see in the relationship that he's put in front of you? Because everybody has, on some level, relationships that God's heart is for you to trust them because they're from him. And if you say, well, I can't think of that, start asking him to show you. And if you can't think of anyone currently, he'll put somebody in your path. Just trust him. But it begins with going, Lord, I believe you have something for me relationally. The number of people that I talk to that, like, I, I'm just, I know I'm, I'm really different. I, I'm kind of awkward. I, I'm, I, I know that I have issues. Well, guess what? On some level, everybody struggles to some degree with that. But the tactic of the enemy is to keep you blinded by what you perceive as your faults and flaws that that, that will preclude you from ever having healthy, whole, godly relationships. And it's a lie from the pit of hell. So you need to to push those thoughts of I'm not enough, I'm not good enough, those insecurities of nobody would love me, those fears or the arrogance of I'm the best ever, like all of that out. Say, Lord, what do you have for me? I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And for some of you, you're going, I need to make some changes relationally. Paul writes, he says, don't be bound together with unbelievers. What partnership has righteousness with and lawlessness? What partnership has light with dark? And maybe there's some relationships that you've been bound together with someone who's not shining the light of God into your life, but it's allowing darkness in. Now, if you're married, that let me just say, that's a divine relationship. But you better get to the place where you know what God is calling you to do. If that's you in that relationship, like, my spouse is not a believer, it's really a tough situation, then you better extra lean on him, on Jesus, and say, Lord, I need your light. Help me to see what you've called me to do. Then get into the word. Read First Peter. Read Ephesians. Read what God's spoken about his desire for you as a husband and a wife and marriage. Maybe it's not a marriage relationship. Maybe it's, it's a relationship where there's real darkness. It doesn't mean that you have to cut that off and I now cast you into outer darkness. But you simply say, you know what? I've got to walk in the light. And right now, you're walking in darkness. I don't think I can be around you right now. It's really unhealthy, but I love you, and I'm going to fight for this relationship from a distance. Maybe that's you've got a friend like that. Maybe somebody you grew up with. What do you see? It's so key that you see the light of Jesus guiding your path. The second question, what needs to disappear from your life? Because look at this. It says, 
I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. You're never going to go to the place that God has for you if you're still living in the place where you were living in darkness. What needs to disappear? What needed to disappear from my life? The anger. That needed to disappear from my life. But I realized as I struggled with that for years and years, and it was progressively less, but it wasn't until I realized, wow, that anger is really coming from a place of wounding where I've been hurt. And though I've asked God for forgiveness for the things that I've done and I've forgiven other people, it wasn't until I really applied James chapter 5 where I confessed your sins to one another so that you may be healed. I had to go, hey, this is the stuff that I did and I want to be freed from that. And this is the stuff that was done to me, the sins against me. And as I realized my anger needed to disappear, I thought, wow, okay, I just need like anger management courses or I need to like get myself like more self-control. What I didn't realize is what I thought needed to disappear. And it did, the anger needed to go, but it didn't go in the way that I thought it would go until I surrendered my life to the word that God had already spoken in the Bible. And it really was me sitting down with my wife and going, okay, I'm again confessing my stupidity. I was a jerk. I was terrible. But bringing trusted, godly people that could pray for me, pray for her, pray for us, and allow God by his Holy Spirit to come and bring healing. That's when the anger began to disappear. Let me just encourage you, if you want healthy healthy, godly relationships, you got to let the light of Jesus shine your way, like shine in front of you, in you, through you, your path. And then you've got to be aware of what needs to change in you and then be willing to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit to the place and the people that he's going to use to help put that thing that needs to be to disappear, to put it away. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's behaviors that are stem from something that you dealt with years ago. Don't just write it off. Well, that's, that's kind of how I am. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a passionate person. Like, that's just my personality. I'm difficult. I ask questions. Those were all some of my excuses. But I had to be honest with myself. Do I really want to deal with it? Or do I want to just keep putting a Band-Aid on something that just gets infected every now and then and infects the people I love the most? What needs to disappear? Verse 3. Then I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He'll live with them. They'll be his people. God himself will be with them. Here's the third question. What's God speaking to you? What's God speaking to you? It's so key. I remember just the whisper of his Holy Spirit. And this was after I started bringing people in and sitting down with Lisa. Yeah, I I don't, I really want, I always said I wanted the anger to go away. But when I started bringing other people that were godly and wise and, hey, help, I'm really praying this through, that that began to change. 
And it was in that season where I'm going, Lord, change me. I don't want to worry about changing Lisa. Change me. That he just whispered to me, you're enough. You're enough. When you're in me, you're enough. But by yourself, doing it your way, you'll never be enough for you. But you're enough for me if you trust me. Wow. It's a game changer. Because I realized so much of that anger that was directed elsewhere, I didn't even realize it, was primarily directed with the frustration in my own heart that I had that I was never enough. I performed well because I wanted the validation. But I was so persistent in seeking validation for when when God spoke to me, what I knew, I knew it though, but it was the revelation. It wasn't just hearing the word, it was receiving. You're enough. And I began to believe it, that God loves me. (laughs) Am I perfect? Far from it. Do I still sin? Yeah. But God loves me and it brought healing. What is it that God's speaking to you? But you got to seek him. Ask. He's going to answer. Knock. The door is going to be open. Seek him. You'll find him. What's he speaking to you? I often ask this to people. And I don't do it in a condemning way, but like, hey, what's God, what's God showing you? What's he speaking to you? Sadly, um, a lot of people have trouble answering that. And that's not God's heart. Biblically, read the Bible. God's a speaker. He, It's like... If we had a radio in here, I just have to find the right frequency. I could turn the radio on, find the right frequency. The radio is not going to start playing unless I turn it on and adjust it. Same is true. God will speak, but you've got to seek. God's God's going to speak, but you have to seek. And then here's the last question. What are you asking God to make new in your life? Verse 5. The one sitting on the throne said, look, I'm making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. He also said, it's finished. I'm the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. Everybody wants to drink from the springs of the water of life. But we have to believe that it is the one sitting on the throne that is making all things new. So what are you, what are you submitting and surrendering and saying, Lord, here's the old, make it new. I had to just put myself in that place. God, make me new. You know my faults. You know my flaws. I believe that I'm enough when I'm with you, but there's still too much of me. So here's my anger. Here's my impatience. Here's my crazy mind. Here it is. Make it new, please. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still far from perfect, but God doesn't expect perfection. He's just asking you to trust him, to do the hard work, to make progress. We're called to be like Jesus 
You'll become like who you hang out with. Are you hanging out with him? Are you spending time in his word? Are you spending time worshiping him, thanking him? Are you, are you spending time with him? Is your life truly Christ-centered? Or is it just Christ addendum? Or is it Christ on Sundays? Or Christ when I, I watch something, I watch a, a 30-second reel? God wants you to be in a real relationship with him, R-E-A-L, not R-E-E-L. Trust him. How do I make things new? See what God's called you to see. You see because you seek. The areas that you know that needs to change, that's got to disappear, surrender it to him. Seek him. Knock. He'll open the door. Ask. He's going to answer. And then this no, you have to know he's making all things new. Maybe there's an area in your life right now that this is touching on. You're like, my relationship, I, like, I, I want a fresh start. It doesn't begin with a new person. It doesn't begin with a new gift or a new, this is a fresh new start because I took you out to dinner and gave you something fancy. No. Fresh starts begin when there's fresh fire from the Spirit of God in your life. And that begins with you. And if that's you, I just want to pray with you. Father, I just pray right now for those that you're moving on their hearts and their souls. They know they need a fresh start relationally. Father, I pray that you let them see what you're calling them to. That they can see clearly what needs to disappear, but more importantly, they see what you're calling them to. And it's you. So Father, I pray that you put your finger on on their heart right now and say this, trust me with this. And the truth of the matter, he wants all of you. And maybe you need to pray a prayer of surrender. Maybe you've never done that. It's a prayer where you surrender everything to him and you just simply say, and you can say this prayer, say, Jesus, I surrender all to you. I give you the, my good things, my bad things. Take my sins. I give them to you. I receive your forgiveness. And I believe that on the cross, you died for my sin and broke the curse so that I can live spiritually alive in you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Listen, if that was you and you prayed that, let us connect you with resources and relationships to help you grow. Click on the link. You see it. You know where it is. You know how to get in touch with us. Let us know. Give us a report of what God's doing in, in your life. Send us a prayer request so that our prayer team can pray for you. We love you guys, and I'll see you soon. God bless.